He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode. If you found me, thank you. My website is awkwardwithevan.com, and I'm Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at awkwardwithevan. And of course, you can leave five-star reviews and uh, uh, ratings uh, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. Uh, my Facebook friend this time around is Angela McArdle, a lady who I've only spoken to a couple of times. Um, I was trying to look for myself. Uh, politically, I was on a search for how to escape the Democratic and Republican uh, back and forth. And I went to this meeting at uh, the Libertarian Party of the Valley meeting and she stood out. Um, she knew what she was talking about. She was running for office. Um, so she kind of took me through what that experience was like um, for running in her district. And um, yeah, I just kind of want to get her backstory, like how she found that. Um, she gets into like a little bit of her personal stuff, but um, it's mostly just about an info session on on what that other political party is um, that people know of but don't really know much about. Um, but then, of course, we get into California's crazy laws, especially how all those giggers and those freelancers are about to be laid off or fired thanks to legislation that was dumb in California. So what is that? Oh, you'll find out with my talk with Angela McArdle. All right, guys, this is uh, Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I have with me a new Facebook friend. Uh, she is a politician, an activist, a libertarian. I have a lot of questions about this. Angela McArdle, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you got it. Um, are you originally from California? I am not. I was born in New Orleans. I didn't spend a lot of time there. I was just there as a baby, and I mostly grew up in Texas, Moved to California when I was a teenager, 15 years old. Okay. So I have been in California longer now than I have been anywhere else in the country. Okay. And what's your, like, academically, was your background, I know you have, like, obviously in politics, was poli-sci your thing in college, or did it kind of pick up later? It was not. You know, it's interesting. I have a bachelor's degree in organizational leadership ah. and I'm in Bible and I have a paralegal certificate from UCLA. Okay. Cause, uh, so here's how we met. I, I attended a, a libertarian meeting of uh, Southern California or the Valley, uh, at CSUN. And like you, I, I enjoyed like hearing what you were talking about and you were bringing up all these points and, um, I, I have a somewhat incomplete perspective of the libertarian party. I'm in it. I'm a member. Like I actually, they accidentally charged me twice. So technically I'm a bronze member of the libertarian party. They refunded half of it, but, um, I'm in it. You're in it. You've run for office as a libertarian. Um, where, where did, how did you find this path? Why did you not go the way of the blue or the red? Yeah, that's a really good question. So in addition to being a libertarian, I, I consider myself an anarchist, specifically an anarcho-capitalist. Okay. I was 
you know, this is a strange way to put it, but I was very politically active from the fringes before I joined the party officially. Right. I did a lot of work in downtown Los Angeles with the homeless population. And I helped to organize this huge protest that was critical in tabling a, a motion and potential ordinance to ban sharing food with homeless people in public rights of way. Whoa. That got me fired up after I had a, a success, a victory. A lot of people said I should run for office. Yeah. I saw, sort of said, no, you know, I'll always be an anarchist. I'm never going to get involved. <laughs> that involved, you know. And then lo and behold, you know, just a couple years later, I, I did end up joining the party and running for Congress. And that's really what motivated me. What makes you an anarchist? Were there certain pop culture things that inspired you to become an anarchist? Or were you just observing some things that allows you to call yourself that? You know, I think I've, I've identified loosely as a libertarian since I was 17. I just had this very basic, yeah. underwhelming conversation with someone who told me a little bit about libertarianism. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like me. Okay. But years after that, I read this book called The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. And okay. it talked about the Federal Reserve, the history of banking in the United States, and how our our government and our monetary system is really run. And it just completely imploded my worldview. <laughs> and after I read this book, I was just like, I, I've got to be an anarchist because I just don't subscribe to anything that we think our government system is, is based on, you know, with, with just the average layperson's knowledge. I just completely reject it. It's all a big lie. Right. So that's how I got to anarchism. So then let so let me then pick your brain about those kinds of things cuz I've had I've had like a conspiracy theorist Facebook friend on and a couple other things and I mean I don't know if you ever saw the movie The International with Clive Owen that was kind of a bank about the banking system a little bit. Um maybe I don't. It was in this 8 years ago. Okay. So um I I come from a school of thought where like basically the banks are the ones that that run the world and not the presidents and the prime ministers of the world is that true or false do you have any data on that or well i think that that's mostly true i don't have um a supplemental report prepared for you on it <laughs> oh okay fine but... uh then okay so and also i guess with libertarianism you have the whole um, you know, we, we believe taxation is theft in a way. Do you know offhand, like when we pay our taxes, does, where does that money go? Like when we have, there's trillions of dollars raised, have you kind of peeked in where that goes or like, why are we paying all these taxes? Well, there are so many places that it goes. I mean, you know, we have a giant quote unquote defense budget right. that a lot of our money goes to. And we have what libertarians refer to as entitlement spending. And those are two huge chunks of our tax dollars, but we also have infrastructure. We have foreign aid. We have all kinds of weird projects and grants. We have local taxes. We mm -hmm. have goodness gracious. What else? Then when you think about all the money you spend and you spend taxes on top of it, you know, taxes on gasoline, other types of fuel yeah. on food. We have subsidies. Okay. We subsidize them. Food, you know, wow. farm subsidies, things like that. It just there's a ta taxes just go to everything. They go all over the place. 
pretty much everything except maybe what you need. That's where taxes go. Okay. So then as, as a libertarian, then if you, if a libertarian had their druthers and like could run this country or change some things, I mean, my, my dad's a, a, a never Trump Republican and, and you know, my mom doesn't like to say anything. Uh, maybe my sisters are liberals. Um, but like what all my dad knows of libertarianism is Rand Paul isolationism. That's what it is to him in one word. But like, what are some things that I think people could piggyback on if they were looking to get away from red or blue? Sure. Well, if you want to take a pragmatic approach, which a lot of libertarians don't, but I think that it's something that we need to be willing to discuss when we're trying to convince people, then you should talk about dramatically reducing taxes, especially at the federal level, turning things over more to the state Okay. Turning things over more to local government, mm-hmm. less federal regulation, okay. less federal um, encroachment on your personal life. Mm-hmm. So you can think about uh, drug laws and other. There are so many federal laws that people break that they're just not even aware of. Right. You can just get rid of them and let the state handle it. It would dramatically reduce the budget. So something that people really cringe about and they shriek in terror and. and yeah drawback is abolishing the Department of Education. It's only been around since the 70s, I believe, wow. the late 70s with Jimmy Carter. Yeah. People scream, oh my gosh, you can't do that. <laughs> yes, yes, you can. Everything was actually run by states and local yeah. municipalities and private schools before then. So those are the sort of things that I would start people off with if I want them to become more open to libertarianism and just read about it. Okay. Um, so we... I, I'm trying to get a feel for like, like, uh, like the libertarian, if there's a libertarian crowd, like, is it, a, I tried to get a vibe from going to the meeting at Easton. I tried to get a vibe from going to the fundraiser at Huntington beach. I, I couldn't really, I mean, I can tell like you're, you're well-read, you, you have your shit together. Um, you ran for office and I mean, where you did it as, as what, like a, what was your position you were going for? I ran for a congressional representative. Okay. I live in the 34th district of uh, California. Right. So downtown LA, Northeast LA and the adjacent areas. So that was a federal position. Okay. Um, what have you did it, did your party, did that help get you like headway or did you think it hindered you or how, how did you look looking back on like your run in 2018 when you were trying to do that? Like, was it just your first time doing it? Was it a good experience or what? So I've run for Congress twice now. Okay. The first time I ran was in 2017 in a special election. Okay. I had about three months to campaign. I had never done it before. Right. It was, it was simultaneously amazing and a little bit traumatic. Okay. I just got put through the meat grinder And I really appreciate the experience because I learned how to do everything in about three months. I met a lot of other people in politics and other parties. There were 26 candidates, I believe, who ran in that election. Mm -hmm. It was a complete three-ring circus. I tried to hide it from my boss, but he ended up seeing me on CNN. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yeah, it was amazing. I got so much out of it, um, and especially because it was – in sort of an off season, the way that it happened is the 
the former representative vacated his position to become the state's attorney general. Okay. So they had a special election. There were only two or three other people running for office in the Libertarian Party in similar situations around the country at that time. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of attention from the National Party. I got a lot of support and people donated. It definitely bolstered my, I guess, my my interest in the party and my loyalty to the party. And I made a lot of great relationships in the party and outside of it. And sort of got me hooked, you know. Yeah. And so I ran again in 2018 during the regular election cycle. Right. And the steps are like you you petition you paid a petition to get the petition first, you get your signatures, you submit your paperwork, um, and then you're just you show up to the events and are you guys debating about the same events that we're seeing like the politic the presidential candidates debating about, or are we just kind of giving our own like platitudes about various topics or are there specific things you guys have to have attention on if you're a federal assistant or a rep representative? Well, you know, it's interesting because you're mostly dealing with federal issues, but at all of the debates and candidate panels, and trust me, there were a whole lot when I went in 2017, Yeah, at all of those, um, they really, they're focused on local and state issues, things that you actually have little to no control over. Right. As a federal candidate. So you have to be aware of what's going on in your neighborhood, in your district. And you also have to be able to sort of utilize talking points that are relevant while discussing the nuance of all these irrelevant state and local issues. Okay. And then does that mean like, are you going to jump back in your next opportunity you get? Or are you going to kind of wait and see? Um, what happens after 2020 or do you have, uh, an itch still to jump back in? I may run again in 2022. Okay. I definitely took a break in 2020 cause I'm a little bit burned out from chairing the County party, right? a local meetup in Pasadena running for Congress twice. Yeah. And I was the secretary of the state party in 2018. Yeah. And I'm on, I think seven state party committees. Oh, wow needed a little break yeah i really jumped in i did a whole lot wow not bad for an anarchist all right really good um what do you think then i mean we've had gary johnson has been the guy the last couple times around not gonna be this time around at the fundraiser i did not i know there was a adam kokesh was someone that spoke what what kind of uh profile like how could could you sum him up in a nutshell or do you have a rapport with him oh sure adam is a great guy he's um he's a candidate running for president he is an anti-war activist uh a former veteran who speaks out against military intervention he has really strong messaging but he does it with love um let's see he's running for president he's been campaigning really hard yeah and has written a really cool, short, concise book on liberty. It's called Freedom, and he usually gives it out for free at most of his events. Okay. We're going to get back to my talk with Angela, but first, here are some ways to support the podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash funnyevan um, so that a creator like me can be supported by someone like you. Um, I have a lot of tiers, reward tiers, and uh, even new tiers to create. Um, but for a monthly donation pledge 
for as little as a dollar a month, you can help this podcast sustain itself, pay for its hosting, and other things. Um, yeah, and another way, actually, I just uh, created a couple of uh, shirts at Teespring. If you go to teespring.com slash stores slash awkward with Evan, there are a few nice awkward t-shirts there. And if you use the promo code awkward, I believe you get free shipping. So check those things out. And now let's recheck out Angela McArdle. I just, that's Adam in a nutshell. So the way this stuff, I, the last time around, I think a, a candidate was named. I think I was watching it through, uh, Samantha B show. She went to the the libertarian. She sat down with Gary Johnson. She went to like the convention, which I, have you been to the national convention in the past? Yes. Okay. So is it basically a, like a handful of people who had been campaigning kind of, they each say their piece and then the party decides and are you named with your running mate at that time? Or is it kind of, how does it work in, in terms of your, the protocol for, for libertarians versus all the, the primary circus that we get sometimes with the Republicans and Democrats? Right. So libertarians don't have public primaries. We have a, we have a convention where we select our candidate. Okay. First candidate you select is the president. The second one is the vice president. There are plenty of candidates who, who pair up on a ticket, okay. but we don't ultimately vote that way. It's definitely a good way to influence people if there's someone solid who you want to run with. Right. That's not really how it's decided. Okay. And depending on what state you're in, it's uh, very easy to be a delegate or it's a little bit more difficult because every state has a certain number of delegate slots. California has the most. So we send our delegates there and the delegates at that time are like, we want that guy or girl. And then we, that's just, you know, you don't know, you know, is there any like hunch going in? Like, do you, do you have like a front runner kind of your, you guys are leaning towards like where, where does Adam stand right now in like the grand scheme of things? Do you, do you have any idea or. I think Adam's a little above the middle towards the top. Okay. We have several candidates who are running, and we do anticipate that we're going to get more before convention season. Which is going to be March, right? Is that when it May. is? May. Okay. Memorial weekend, nah. I believe, in Austin, Texas. Oh, wow. Fascinating. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm tempted to go. I just think it'd be a good scene. I, because we... I feel like there's there's some ridicule from looking at us from another perspective because it's it's you know they're like we're we're characters we're obviously we're believing some of us I mean we believe in liberty and uh, I don't know I mean I some of the guys are like you almost think like they they were Republicans and they're just like kind of off a little bit from that and some of them are just like you know they could be an anarchist some of them could just be liberty based and you just I don't know I just feel like it's a good catch all do do you see like because I think the goal, the first goal may just be getting that 5%. If you get like 5% of the popular vote, does that change things in a, in a presidential election? It really sort of, as far as changing things goes, it really depends on your state. Right. So state by state, some states really struggle to maintain ballot access or to get it at all. Right. I believe um, Ohio and Tennessee struggle with ballot access. California is safe. We've got ballot access locked down pretty well. Right. Um, and so it just depends on a state by state basis how how it impacts. Okay. 
Interesting. So, so being, being an anarchy person, then do you, do you have like favorite, favorite, um, music, music, anarchist type music? Do you like V for Vendetta? Like what's like, can I, can you paint like a, a pop culture picture of like what your interests are? Like what would go, since we're Facebook friends, what would be on your Facebook profile? Like favorite movies, favorite bands, just to kind of fill in the picture. Yeah. I think our original star Wars okay. and uh, Dune, if you, I, I, some people find it laborious and too long, but right. Dune is definitely an anti-authoritarian movie and a, and a book. As far as music goes, I'm trying to think. Cause I know there's this one song called teenage anarchist that I really like. It was, it was used during a, a wrestling DVD. So uh, that's how I don't, I don't know who sings it. I have to look it up on my iTunes, but that's a, that's a punk band. I'm it is sure. a punk band that played that song. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to remember. I was really into punk rock for, for a few years. Um, you know, I'm really into heavy metal. I'm very active in the Los Angeles heavy metal scene. Nice. And a lot of those people are very libertarian, even if they don't, even if they're not very politically active, they're very anti-authority. Right. They don't get duped very easily. Uh, they're very in favor of free speech and they are more receptive to second amendment and gun rights arguments. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's such a complex argument. I mean, but not really. It's just kind of like it, does it give you more freedom or less freedom? And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how I have to like kind of pick my, pick my way here. Like when these crazy laws that like I have to deal with or other States have to deal with, like, is it, are you going in the direction of more freedom or less freedom? And, uh, you know, there's just the kind of things that we kind of protest about. Um, what are your, I, one thing I was lucky enough to do at the, this fundraiser with you was I got to sign my petition for the recall of Gavin Newsom. Absolutely. Why, why give me some good bullet points. Like why can we should, you should encourage people to recall the current governor of California. Gavin Newsom ran on this fluffy progressive platform that he was just going to fix everything. And that, He's got all the solutions under his governorship. The state has remandated the law that you have to have insurance, right? The healthcare back. mandate. Yep. Absolutely ridiculous. People in their twenties who can't afford or don't want health insurance should not be required to have health insurance. People who want to just have major medical, uh, that means just to only have health insurance that covers you for just major catastrophes. Right. They don't, they don't qualify. They'll get hit by the mandate. Mm -hmm. We've got this massive homelessness crisis, and there are multiple factors that go into that. But let's see what else. We've got many budgetary problems. And he just wants to keep spending money and give free health care to people who are here illegally. I don't have an issue with people who are here illegally. I'm, I'm actually, I'm okay but, with that. And then there's also but, like, they, they can like be on committees also. Yeah, but, but why are we giving them free stuff? Why are we giving anyone free stuff? But really, why are we giving people who just showed up at the door free stuff? Right. And we just... Can we stop giving free stuff instead of giving more free stuff? So to me, that shows that the trend is to just keep increasing spending and finding an excuse. 
you know, he did this ridiculous uh, PR stunt where he went down to the border and was like, oh, the refugees coming in. You know, there's many thousands of homeless people that he must have sometimes maybe literally stepped over to get down there for his PR yeah. stunt. What about all of the suffering that's happening here in the state? Yeah. What else? Oh, my goodness. The bullet train, the train to nowhere. <laughs> multi-billion dollar boondoggle that just keeps stretching on into infinity it'll never happen yeah you know that thing was designed and, and built just like piece at a time so the the train isn't going to fit on the rail which is they were not sure where it's going to go like the whole it wasn't designed it wasn't engineered all together and now you have anything. to keep uh the olympics are coming soon so all these things have to kind of come together somehow right yeah People are proposing that we put homeless people on cruise ships so that we're not embarrassed. <laughs> Just outrageous the way that, you know, like we'll, like we'll, we'll uh, pay lip service to the homelessness crisis when we think we can get some good publicity or PR out of doing a nice thing for homeless people. But right. the rest of the time, we're so embarrassed by them, we're going to put them on ships and float them out at sea to hide them. <laughs> Uh, is it? Am I being too optimistic, or is it just as simple as like, why couldn't we just pay the homeless people an hourly rate to like clean up the pollution in Los Angeles? Is that a practical solution? I think that's a very practical solution for some homeless people some of the time. Yeah. So some of the homeless population is too mentally ill to do work. Right. Some of the homeless population is too mentally ill to do work sometimes. Right. I think that if we had something that was more Uber Lyft style, that would be a great way to help people who are struggling, yeah. but could still maybe do a little bit of work. Unfortunately, we won't be able to do that. Good segue. New law. Good segue. Really destroying not just gig economy, as legislators would like you to believe, but most freelance work. So, yes. So if you don't know this, AB5 from everyone's favorite assembly chairperson, Lorena Gonzalez, who has called herself on Twitter the Black Widow of Public Policy, who when canceling uh, all medical exemptions for children for vaccines in California, and when the families in the Capitol were chanting, we won't stop, she tweeted, it sounds like we want sex. And also uh, for someone accusing her of having going after, uh, you know, 4,000 kids for fraudulent exemptions. And then she admits on Twitter, none were found. Uh, that kind of person has made it her passion to basically end, you know, independent contractor work for a lot of California. And as you see, and I'm sure you're reading the blog posts that are popping up. Um, about writers that have to be let go and they're leaving their job and they might have to move out of state. And do you see like, could Uber and Lyft even exist then this way or would, cause Uber and Lyft probably would have to like deactivate. Like, how do you see that playing out? We're going to see a lot of people not make the cut to being employees. So I think we're going to see two things happen. One is we're going to lose a lot of Uber and Lyft drivers okay. because they're not going to be able to hire everyone. Right. Two, we're going to see the rates go up. Yeah. So here's here's another interesting segue. Yesterday, my car was wrongfully towed. Right. And I'll get into that in a bit. But it was wrongfully towed. I had to take an Uber or a Lyft 
four times back and forth, multiple locations from a range of $6.73 up to $15. Wow. Ride. Uh, that's with the new legislation, those fees are likely going to increase quite a bit. So, can you imagine trying to get your car out of impound if you live paycheck to paycheck? Right. You've already been hit with a $300 fine, and now it's going to cost you $50. Sixty, a hundred dollars to get around. Yeah. I have a sprained ankle, so I can't walk. Right. Um, I don't want to take public transportation because I'm a female and I feel uncomfortable and unsafe on public transportation in LA County, especially with how bad the homelessness crisis is, with a lot of mentally ill people on the bus. Sure. I am a mark, a target. Yep. So it just compounds a lot of problems. This this ridiculous law is. It makes people, well, it puts people like me in places where we're unsafe. Yep. It increases my cost of living, especially in an emergency. And it's going to make some people homeless who are Uber drivers who are just barely hanging on. This People who live paycheck to paycheck and depend on gig economy for, for work, Yeah. they're going to be squeezed out, sleeping in their cars, eventually having to move out of state if they're lucky. Yeah. Um, I don't even know like what she just came from just such a such a bizarre uh, esoteric place um, that only she understood. And you can tell she's trying to backtrack and, you know, she's the kind of person that like you can't, she's going to play the victim at, at the first opportunity. Like she didn't know, but, and even like Newsom didn't like Newsom didn't know. I mean, this is also like a, probably a message for like, you know, someone that you, you are on the pulse of kind of what happens politically in California. And, and I'm a little on the pulse on it now. Um, but there's a lot of people obviously that are assumed that like, just, you know, just politicians do politician stuff. We just gonna, we'll be okay. But you know, little did we know this thing's about to go into effect next year. And do you see like, I mean, people are being like, we should amend this. Like, is it, you think it's easier to like amend something like this or just refer, get a referendum for something like this or just get nuisance, just like appeal something like this? Like what do you see solutions for some, for this kind of like dumb law? There are 90, you have 90 days, I believe, from when it's passed to do a referendum. I have to double check on that. Yeah. Uh, I know that you have 90 days once a referendum is started. I right. believe there would be a tremendous amount of support for it yeah. because everyone is feeling the squeeze. They really tried to paint this as though it was only going to save Uber and Lyft drivers, DoorDash, <laughs> economy people. If you work in public policy and you pass laws like this, yeah, it's your job to know what's going to happen to people once you pass the law. So there's no excuse. No. Just no excuse for this kind of behavior. And that's why she wants to be the next Secretary of State, California. So get ready. For Absolutely disgusting. Yeah. She should be she should be an Uber driver. <laughs> she needs to get knocked down more than a few pegs. She it's just wrong. She will probably do herself in as as most do. So uh we'll we'll see how it plays out for her. But it's just like I see all these laws that are being passed and you always get she's always in the photo ops. She's always there standing by by their, by his side, looking over the signature and hugging fellow authors of bills. And it's just, you know, that's uh, something to to keep an eye on. Um, cool. Well, I'm glad you got your car back. I'm sure you will take action because they admitted their fault. Absolutely. So I work partially from home. Right. 
I leave my house yesterday because I'm a little bit drowsy. I'm like, I'm going to go out and get a, get a latte. I walk out and I have this weird, you know, I walk to where I think my car is and my car is not there. So I do sort of a double take and then I walk around the corner. So I'm like, maybe I moved it. Did I, did I do this? Did I do that? And then I'm like, no, I definitely remember where I parked and my car is gone. All the cars are gone. Yeah. And I live in Northeast LA. There's not a lot of parking. Usually the streets are packed full of cars. Yeah. So I called around and I found that my car had been towed because of expired registration. Right. The registration's not expired and it's not close to being expired. So I had to go down to the LAPD detective's office where I was informed that, yeah, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> but we can't help you today because there's no detectives here. So you have to come back tomorrow. Okay. After multiple trips, they admitted, yeah, we were wrong. Your registration isn't expired. That is easily verifiable by looking up your VIN number, which the parking enforcement has to do before they tow your car. So yeah. they know that it wasn't registered. It wasn't expired. By the way, I also wasn't ticketed because I legitimately did not have expired registration. Yeah. They sent me back and forth a few times. It's like it's like the princess is in another castle. You know, they <laughs> go here and pay your fee and, and your car's there. And I, I get to the place, I pay the fee and they say, Oh no, no, your car's not here. We moved it. It's absurd. Right. Yeah. I finally pick up my car, $293 and 65 cents later. Uh, they've admitted their fault, but I have to go through an administrative review process to see if they'll give me my money back. And if yeah. not, then I'll have to sue either in small claims court or federal court, depending on how far I want to take it. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I once got a ticket for, for popping a pimple and they thought I was on my phone. So I was able to get that thrown out. <laughs> that was... That's so crazy, right? <laughs> they just, Ugh. the officer thought that maybe for that day alone, I was using my wife's phone and not my phone. So because I had the call log and everything. So he was trying to, he should just said I, he messed up. Some officers did is it interesting disputing a ticket. Yeah, cool. So, so I, I will, I'll let, I'll let you go. I don't, I've taken up, I don't, I know I'm at liberty to talk to you as, as long as liberty allows. Uh, but if people want to find you or support you in any way, um, are there places just Facebook or like, is your Patreon still active or where? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, Angela McArdle. I have a page and a personal profile. Most of my posts are public. So you're welcome to interact with me. Send me a friend request. I yeah. am on Patreon, Angela McArdle. I'm on Twitter. I'm basically on everything. If you're interested in the LA County Libertarian Party, our website is lplac.us. Awesome. And I guess before we go, do you, do you have any questions for me? This is our most extended conversation ever. It might be the longest we ever talk. I don't know. When am I going to see you again at another Libertarian event? <laughs> well, when can I go on stage and make an ass of myself? That's the look or be a goof. Okay, well, we'll set that up. We have uh, regular meetings in Pasadena, and we're always looking for a speaker. So if you want to do a comedy bit, second Wednesday of the month okay. at 8 okay. p.m., available. Okay. We'll set it up. The, the, okay, it'll be better in the winter. The, the winter's a little freer for me. So, okay. Because okay. I know you guys, at first you were at El Torito for, for a long time. Uh, that went, that seemed nice. I didn't go to any of those. Um, but no, I, Kevin Shaw, I think, was the person that was emailing me um for a while and i'll yeah okay you you harass me you invite me i'll keep saying i'm interested and i'll one day my my maybe's my maybe's gonna be a yes soon so right. uh, 
Or, or I'll just go there to sit and just like listen to what you guys are talking about. I mean, I like the party. I, I honestly, I mean, it, it sucks. Like the, the Republicans got the color red and the Democrats got the color blue. And I'm like, I guess we got like yellow and black, which, okay. But I, I you know, I want to like, I'd almost want to like, I wish I was like a, a creative person. I could like rebrand the entire, like keep the color scheme, keep the porcupine, keep anything. Just like, just gloss it up a little. I just want to gloss us up and make us like, you know, like 22nd century. Just you so- can help, you can gloss, you can help gloss us up at the county level if you want. Okay. 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 I'll sit, I'll have, I'll have, a, I'll have a think tank with you. All right. All right. Good. All right, Angela. Thanks so much for the time. Uh, we'll debrief afterwards, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming on uh, Socially Awkward. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great night. See ya. All right. I want to thank Angela McArdle for coming on the podcast. Vote for her whenever she runs for office. Move to District 34 in Northeast LA and help her out. Um, you can uh, endorse this podcast over uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Awkward with Evan. Awkwardwithevan.com for past episodes. And of course, your subscribing and sharing and five-star rating on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. I think they're the same thing. Uh, would be great. So that's another Facebook friend down as we get ever so close to the elusive episode 100. Uh, yeah, stay awkward. There's more to come. Because I'm going to be awkward. Bye. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Wexel.